Mary and Martha worship and serve. Luke 10, 38-42 Now it happened, as they went, that he entered a certain village. A certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house, and she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to St. Saviour's. Great to see so many of you here. It's brilliant. Uh, my name is Ian, and I am a member of the church here. Today, I've been asked to preach on our final part of our Women of Faith series. This week, it's about Martha and Mary from our piece of scripture, Luke 10, verse 38 to 42, read out by my beautiful wife, Jo. Um, as I was praying into what God wanted me to preach on around this subject, I felt he wanted to focus on the following three points. Number one, we are all human beings. Number two, we are not human doings. And number three, a balance between the two is what the Lord wants us pursuing. Okay, let's start, start by setting the scene with our women of faith sisters, Martha and Mary, before we bring the Lord Jesus into the fold. Martha was the oldest sister of three siblings, Mary and brother Lazarus. They were known as Martha, Mary, and Lazarus of Bethany. This was because they lived in the tiny village of Bethany on the slope of the Mountain Olives in Jerusalem. There are two Lazaruses mentioned here in the Bible. This Lazarus of Bethany is the famous for being raised to life by Jesus after being in the tomb for four days. This scene in today's scripture with Martha and Mary is before Lazarus's resurrection from the dead. As we have just heard, Martha was the older sister of Mary. They were renowned for their love and faith in Jesus and for their incredible hospitality. Taking pride in their home and having such a high standard of hospitality to others is what they are renowned for. That is even before Jesus drops in for a bite to eat. Their acts of service was at the centre of their worship. Their worship to God. So when Jesus, the son of, uh, son, of Job, <laughs> son of God, drops by for a cuppa, there is added importance for everything to be tip-top for his arrival. Cleaning the house, washing the dishes, getting the logs to the fire, peeling the veg, etc. And then Jesus arrives. The sisters are both so happy to see Jesus and welcome him into their home. In this snapshot from uh, the scene from today's reading, we see Martha still running around, continuing doing her jobs around the house, while Jesus relaxes in the chair. But where's Mary? She's not even helping serve Jesus. She's not serving, she's just sitting, sitting at Jesus' feet, mesmerized with what the Lord is saying to her, just being in his presence just listening to him. 
Obviously, Martha, at this point, is getting a bit stressed. So much to do with no help from her younger sister. Does anyone else here have a younger sister and know the feeling? Martha loves Jesus. Out of that love for Jesus, she wants to serve Jesus with all her heart, which is great. But by getting consumed with serving Jesus, she misses out on spending time with Jesus. Can anyone relate to this? Is anyone here today or watching online in this trap? This, unfortunately, is so common in churches across the world today. The Lord loves your service for him and his kingdom, but first and foremost, he wants a relationship with you. He wants to spend time with you. He wants to help you. He wants to listen to you. He wants to talk to you. He wants you to listen to him. He wants you to find a balance between being and doing. Mary had the right idea. As the first thing she did was sit and spend time with Jesus. Before we serve the Lord, do we spend time with him? Like it says in Psalm 46 verse 10, be still and know that I am God. Life is getting busier and busier, and you know what? It's going to get busier still. Unless, like Guy said in his talk back in May from our Making Disciples series, be intentional. Be intentional, no matter how busy or quiet your life is, always make time for Jesus. Preferably at the start of your day and before you go into your day, make time for Jesus. At any time in your day, spend time with Jesus. Even at the end of your day, spend time with Jesus. Jesus confirms this point when Martha confronts Jesus, complaining to him about Mary's lack of help. What did Jesus say back to Martha in verse 41 and 42? This from the NIV version of the Bible this time. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. Now, I know what some of you are thinking, but Ian, your three points don't make sense. God doesn't want, us a, um, want a balance between being and doing. It clearly says in the verse you just read that Mary has chosen what is better. We need to just spend hours just being with Jesus, like in the psalm you just read, like Mary did. Who cares about chores? Who cares about serving? The cleaning, the washing, the cooking, the preparations. All Jesus wants me to do is be still and be in his presence, and that is it. Wrong. That's not what Jesus meant. He wants you doing things for him and for others and being, um, after being with him. He wants you to always start by being with him, and from that being with him, to find the right balance in the doing for him. Let me give you an example. As soon as I started praying into this subject, the Lord gave me a clear picture which I believe confirms this point. At first, the picture was of a traditional weighing scales. On one side, with the words human being, representing Mary. And on the other side, human doing, representing Martha. After the scales were tilting back and forth between the two, a big wooden cross like the one you see here to my right was then fixed in the middle, signifying the need for the balance between the two. 
being and doing. So what does that picture mean? I believe it means that when we put Jesus at the centre of our lives, in the being and the doing, he's the only one who can keep us in perfect balance between the two. For his good purposes, in your lives and in the lives of others, we are all human beings, we are not human doings. A balance between the two is what the Lord wants us pursuing. Okay, so we've looked at Martha and her doing. Now let's look at Mary and her being. For Mary being in this passage, as soon as Jesus is in her presence, all Mary wanted to do was be in his presence. She sits at his feet, looking and listening in loving adoration of Jesus. Her love for him was evidently so strong. Like Jesus just replied to Martha in verse 42, what Mary is doing is better. What does the Lord mean by this regarding Mary? Mary's priority, bleh, start again. Mary's priority was being with Jesus, spending time with Jesus, listening to Jesus. She knew, like Jesus said, this was better. Not in terms as that Mary's being was better than Martha's doing. Just that prioritizing Jesus and putting him first, even before serving Jesus, is better. So what about Mary then? What if she just sat around with Jesus, heard what he had to say, and then did nothing? Nothing to help her sister, nothing to help others, or to help Jesus in the things that he was teaching her. Would that be wrong? I mean, she's spending time with Jesus, that's all that matters, right? Wrong. The Lord wants us to prioritise spending time with him, yes. But he wants to do this to then send us out into the world for his purposes, the main purpose of redemption for all of mankind. Let me give you a couple of examples. Some of you might have heard of a worship song by a Christian artist called Tim Hughes from the song God of Justice, released in 2007. There's some lines in that song I'd like to share, but don't worry, I'm not going to sing. Um, the lines are as follows. Freely we receive and freely we will give. And fill us up and send us out. How are these lyrics relevant to the story of Martha and Mary are our three points today? As Tim Hughes says in the first lyric I mentioned, freely we receive, freely we receive the love of Jesus, the forgiveness of Jesus, the grace of Jesus. We then freely give. Freely give that love, grace and forgiveness out to others in the world to draw people to Jesus, for Jesus. And the second lyric, fill us up and send us out. Fill us up and send us out through accepting and receiving Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, being forgiven for all of your sins. God then reunites you with his Holy Spirit, fills you with his Holy Spirit, and sends you out in the power of his Holy Spirit. You go from death to life. You're no longer spiritually dead, you're spiritually alive, and then you are a new creation. This happens by the Holy Spirit coming into your spirit where it was always intended to be. Eternal life starts from the moment you accept Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. This then gives God the green light to finally give you his life-giving spirit, which will continue to be with us forever. Filling us up and sending us out. Filling us with the Holy Spirit, 
by being in God's presence, receiving God's presence, and send us out by the power of the Holy Spirit and guided by the Holy Spirit. Like Martha's doing God's work in his world for his glory. Finding this balance between being and doing and why we need to have this to be constantly pursuing. I wanted to share with you a couple of sentences that I came across that I believe are relevant for today's talk. This followed by the three points for the final time before I close today. God's works should flow from a Christ-centered life. They do not produce a Christ-centered life. When we give Jesus the attention that he deserves, he empowers us to serve others in the best way. We're all human beings. We are not human doings. A balance between the two is what the Lord wants us to be doing. Just want to close with uh, two pieces of scripture for two reasons. Number one, so that it will come alive to you today. I believe it's so relevant to our talk, especially as we enter into this new season of life at St. Saviour's. And two, how we obtain our eternal life in Jesus, with Jesus, and for Jesus. In James verse 2, sorry, not James verse 2, in James chapter 2, verse 17, it says, Faith without works, if not accompanied by action, is dead. And in Mark 9, verse 23, Jesus says, If you can, everything is possible for those who believe. A book that I've read um, since becoming a Christian 12 years ago was a book called, a book from Smith Wigglesworth called Faith. Or was a book called Smith, yeah, it was called Smith Wigglesworth and Faith. Um, Some of you might remember that one of these previous vicars here at St. Saviour's, Dave McDougall, uh, used to love Smith Wigglesworth. Um, This was probably for the same reason I love Smith Wigglesworth and why I feel God wants me to end with this today. I think his name's quality as well, Wigglesworth. Smith Wigglesworth was used so powerfully by God. God performed many signs and miracles, healings through Smith Wigglesworth and his ministry in the early 1900s. Something I think is amazing what we learn from his book is that the only book he ever read, meditated on, and put into practice in his life was the Bible, the Word of God. Through that intentional daily dedication by Smith Wigglesworth, the Lord used him powerfully for his kingdom and his purposes to help save mankind. So why am I mentioning this at the end of my talk? It's simple, just one word which I think ties the whole talk together. Our theme, our three points, our being and doing, and our response. Faith. Faith brings it all together. Some of you listening here in church or along today will call yourselves a Christian, that your relationship with God now is great and that this message today really fires you up to find this balance between being and doing by keeping Christ at the centre of your lives for God's kingdom and his purposes. Some of you might be Christians, but you feel battered and bruised by life. You don't even feel like you're scratching the surface with your relationship with the Lord, let alone being used by him for his purposes. You might be feeling overwhelmed by this talk. Or you aren't a Christian at all and you're like, what's this going about? If that's you, well done for sticking this talk out. <laughs> In closing, Smith Wigglesworth is famous for saying many times to many people, only believe and have faith. Only believe in what? Have faith in what? What is Smith Wigglesworth on about? What are you on about, Ian? 
Jesus. Believe in Jesus. Find your balance in life, in and through and by Jesus. Maybe you're not a Christian and life is hard. You try and balance your life by doing things that make you feel better, but they don't last. Unfortunately, these things make you feel worse and in the end, bring you back to square one. This resulting in an unbalanced and unsatisfied life. Getting consumed in social media, alcohol, smoking, drugs, pornography, overeating, undereating, gambling, sleeping around, self-harm. The list goes on. What are we giving our attention to? Even if you are a born-again Christian and have the Holy Spirit living inside of you, these things can still be a problem for you. If they are, always go back to Jesus. Get someone to pray for you, spend time in his word, spend time in prayer, because God cares. Get that balance back in your life. Jesus loves you. Whatever is going on in your life right now, I have faith and believe with all my heart that Jesus is the answer. That Jesus is the way, the truth and the life and no one comes to the Father except through him. Also, I mentioned a couple of times of Jesus keeping us in perfect balance. I wanted to clarify that a perfect balance and relationship with the Lord and others and ourselves will only be complete when we are one with him in heaven. Being a Christian is not about being perfect. It's about the perfect one, Jesus, making us perfect by filling in our brokenness to make us whole again. This shouldn't stop us striving every day to be as close to perfect as possible, even if it's not possible in this life. We do it out of honour and love for Jesus. To the only one who is perfect, Jesus, the Son of God, in response to receiving his love, grace and mercy in our lives. Also, please don't beat yourself up if you feel you're being more than doing at the moment in life. It's important to say that there will be seasons in your life where you just need to be and times when you just need to do. Wherever you're at right now, if you can find your way back to that balance in your life by putting Jesus first, that is what I believe he wants us pursuing. I'd like to invite the band up now, please, to end with a final addition to the vision about the cross the Lord gave me that I shared earlier. So just to recap, we have the set of scales. On one side, we have Mary and her being and Martha and her doing. Then in the vision was a big wooden cross in the middle of the being and the doing. Scales symbolizing continually putting Jesus at the center of our lives. Got a fly up here now, interesting. Um, to remain in perfect balance between being and doing. If you could close your eyes at the moment, I think this would help. So now at the center of the cross, the heart of the cross, I want you to imagine a valve that is closed tight shut. The valve is stopping your faith, your belief in Jesus, as it is closed and it is shut off. So the being and the doing in and for Jesus isn't possible. But if we open the valve of our heart and let Jesus in, if we only believe in Jesus, have faith in Jesus, we would then have a perfect balance to our lives and balance to honour the eternal life of Jesus in us. 
I think in church we hear a lot of people say, I need to have more faith. If things aren't going our way or our desperate prayers aren't being answered, we get downcast and then we lose our faith. Or because of all the pain and suffering we face, we don't have a faith at all. Not only does the veil symbolize letting Jesus into your heart, perhaps for the very first time, but the more you open the veil of your heart, the more you surrender to Jesus, the more the Holy Spirit can renew your mind, and the more your faith is released in Jesus for the world to see. We all have the same amount of faith living in our born-again spirit. What do you mean, Ian? There are loads of people who have more faith than me. That's not true. When we accept Christ's love, grace, and forgiveness in our hearts, the more we surrender to him, spend time with him, love him, worship him, the more the valve is opened by doing these things in obedience in relationship with Jesus. The more the valve is opened, the more of the same faith, the same spirit in all of us is released through our lives, through faith and belief in Jesus into the world that he created. I know this is the last in a Women of Faith series, but church, moving forward, let's be men and women of faith. Let's find that balance between being and doing by pursuing Jesus, perhaps for the very first time today. Thank you so much for listening.